guys are listening to Black and Behind the Scenes, and in, in this episode, we talk about um, Hulu and Netflix price increase and decreases. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about our spotlight honoree this week, Joy McMillan. Yes, and we're also going to talk about um, the alternative ending, uh, Bandersnatcher, with uh, Netflix. Okay, and then we also have for our spoiler alert, we're talking about Amanda Seals, I Be Knowing, mm-hmm. and also if Bill Street could talk. Yes. So okay. it's going to be a great episode. Wonderful, guys. Yes, tune in, and here's a black and behind the scenes. All right, guys. Um, so as you can tell, um, we have new intro music. Oh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, so we're back and better than ever. Yeah, it's been one whole year and one we're growing. Home. Yes, absolutely. Yes, it is our one year anniversary. Yes. <laughs> Yes, so you know, we, we, we are really out here trying to um, make our podcast be the best it, it could possibly be. So we're changing Absolutely. some things up. Mm-hmm. Switching a little bit, you know, improving some productions yeah. and things like that. We coming out, coming out. Love it. How have you been, Brittany? We haven't seen each other. Well, oh yeah, we've seen each other recently, but I mean, we haven't been able to sit down and talk in a minute. How are you? I'm good. You know, it's the beginning of the year Mm -hmm. and renewed hope and fresh ideas. (laughs) And I think we're both in the mindset of all these things that we want to get done. Yes. Both um, professionally of the projects and with the podcast. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think this will be a good year for um, seeing hard work pay off yes. or at least see things come to fruition because we've been putting mm-hmm. like a lot of behind the scenes um, of course <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of effort into um, several things in yes. our lives and so I am more than positive they're going to manifest themselves out in this year so Absolutely. I'm excited yeah I agree totally um this new year has been um, great so far. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to all the other things that we're going to be doing this year and um, our goals and things that we want to achieve for the year. For and, sure. You know, I'm going to make sure that I'm pushing us as a group mm-hmm. to do things, not just only with the our podcast, but outside of that, because we are creatives in other areas. Mm-hmm. So I want us to be able to start pushing, because the ultimate goal is for us to get our other work out and right. to, you know, do um, some other fun things. And we have some stuff that, you know, we're working on. I'm excited to kind of show you guys later, but, yeah. you know, but definitely that we're doing. Um, that would be great and awesome. So, yeah. yeah. We had a nice break and now we're ready to get back into yes. the, the gist of things for y'all. Yes, And guys. with y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot has gone on. I've been like, oh my God, I got to tell people what's going on. I have to tell people. A lot. So much. But, and the um, funny thing is, it's like you always feel, because, you know, seasons or television shows always end, like have a winter finale, even right. though that's a new phenomenon that's mm-hmm. just like in recent years but like a winter finale and then so you kind of expect for things within the content creation to kind of die down right but no it has it, it doesn't has seem like there's a dying down part like the summer or right. the winter usually is when things kind of like tie off but mm-hmm. i mean things are ki- just pumping out and i think that's a correlation to streaming um the introduction of streaming and digital media because oh, most now definitely. everything is just 
just you have to keep going. You have to keep feeding the people and feeding Most content definitely. down your throat because <laughs> Most you don't want to like forget that we're here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so mm-hmm. so that's just something that has been going on. And speaking of streaming, guys, let's get into the industry rundown. Sure you guys have heard this already Brittany I'm sure you've heard of this as well um, mm-hmm. that Hulu and Netflix has uh, risen their rates raised their prices recently um, and it has been announced that they um, have increased their subscription services um, in particular I wanted to kind of break this down for you guys so everyone knows how much money they have to pay now <laughs> right. for these services right <laughs> Because I didn't even know myself until I looked into us. Okay, so this is the price point. This is where it's going to go, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So Netflix price hike, um, which has been their largest single price hike since they launched, um, will go into effect for new subscribers um, over the next three months um, and will affect current subscribers um, with their basic plan that will go from $7.99 per month to $8.99, which is the plan I have because I'm cheap. I had the lowest plan possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it's only increasing a dollar for me. Um, their standard plan will go from eleven dollars to thirteen. Yeah, that's the plan I'm on. Oh, that's the plan you're on. Okay, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, so that's not that's not too bad. Um, and lastly, their premium option, which allows you to double the number of screens you can watch um, as you go, will go from fourteen ninety nine to sixteen dollars per month. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so mm-hmm. a little increase is there. And so the reason for this, I believe, is because, like we said, everybody's coming to Netflix this year. I um, mean, there's a lot of stuff they have coming down the pipe um, that we've talked to you guys about before mm-hmm. that you are aware of. So mm-hmm. they have to be able to have the money to be able to put towards their original content mm-hmm. to get people on their platform. So they have to increase their prices. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other hand, Hulu announced that they will be lowering <laughs> their standard prices. Okay. Um, yeah. So their standard package for, um, I guess, the subscription base they have is seven, currently seven ninety nine per month, and that will be lowered to five ninety nine, and that's oh. the one, of course, that I have. <laughs> okay. So with Hulu, because I don't have Hulu, mm-hmm. um, I only have Netflix, and that's because I have cable. But um, mm-hmm. with Hulu, you can watch live TV or no you just watch the shows the day after so there's two different packages so there's a standard package which is the one I just said that I have which is the 79 that's dropping to 599 and then you have the live TV option which is currently 3999 oh. and it's jumping to 4999 jeez which leads me to another thought I'm sorry 4499 okay yes. mm-hmm. that leads me to a thought that I have when go ahead shoot because I'm pretty sure I know where you're going with when this <laughs> my email about my subscription increasing mm-hmm. because I've been a subscriber with Netflix for a long time like I even was one of those people who were getting the DVDs in the oh, mail good. so you're one of their like what do they call those people um you were grandfathered in yes okay so you know I've been with them a long time and over the years the um subscription price has increased mm-hmm. I remember. Um, in yep. small increments mm-hmm. but what i'm hoping is not going to happen with these streaming services that 
you start to increase the price so much that you're eventually starting to pay the price that you would for, for cable. cable. Right. I knew you were going there. So, so this, so this is what I I've heard about what's going on right now. So just so you guys get a little backstory at the end of 2018, Hulu has over 25 million subscribers and Netflix is pulling 58 million. Wow. So there, you know, they're, they're competing right now. And so we also know that Disney plus is coming yes. other streaming service, Amazon prime. Yeah. So everyone's getting to the streaming service game. So right now it's streaming wars mm -hmm. so what's going to happen is that at least what people are saying is that they so since netflix went up hulu went down right mm -hmm. um in certain packages so as you know disney comes in they're going to have to figure out where they're going to price their plans at and they're right. going to base it off of hulu and netflix what they're currently doing so they're going to you know kind of bid the market to see where their medium is going to lie and where they're going to be at and what i'm curious to see is what partnerships are going to come out of these streaming services mm. because um some, well, I think I believe Hulu is currently partnered with AT&T or Sprint and you can have a package deal with them and with your phone service. Wow. So you get, you know, free Hulu with that. Okay. So I think some more deals are going to come out of this okay. and partnerships and efforts on that front. Um, and I also agree with you. I don't want to pay the same amount as cable. That's the reason, whole reason why I cut my cord and I'm not a cable subscriber because I don't want to pay that money right. for it. So we'll see. I mean, I mean $50 a month is cheaper than cable but it's still fifty dollars it's still fifty on top of internet you still have to pay exactly so that's a hundred dollars and so i don't know if you watched the um the big championship game sunday oh no you know you're not supposed to yeah <laughs> okay. i know yeah <laughs> so um i saw commercials of car um you know different things a lot of it was movie premieres and interestingly enough there was a commercial for Jordan Peele's oh, I um, heard about it The I Twilight heard. Zone yes yep. okay yep, yep, yep. but then that's only showing exclusively yep on CBS Access yes. which mm -hmm. is their streaming and I'm like yeah dang I really want to see what he's gonna do with The Twilight Zone because that was like one of my favorite things to watch with my father growing up but you have to subscribe to it I don't want to have to subscribe it's like yeah or buy it Mm -hmm. How many different um, platforms are we going to need to subscribe to in order to, I don't know, and get the luxury of cable? And, and, and again, if you start adding them all up, right. how much are you going to be paying per month and for so, all these streaming services? And that is what the bubble that's about to happen that's going to, you know, I think within the next, like, I think this year it will happen because with all the streaming services coming in and all the price wars and things are about getting ready to happen, they're going to have to figure out who is going to bite the bullet in the end. Is it going to be these networks or is it going to be the consumer? It's one or the other. So we'll see who's going to win this. Yeah. yeah it's unfortunate. I, I do but. have a gripe about CBS having their own streaming service because it's just like, y'all are a broadcast station. Yeah. Which means you get it free. Even if you don't have cable, you can get it free with your digital right. antenna. Mm -hmm. And now you're charging me for content. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, 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 yeah. And I think also what will be a determining factor with this also is how many advertisers you get um, in that that whole spectrum of what what that'll be because as you know Netflix is free right now at least they don't not free but they don't have advertisers on their platform right and I hope and that they don't yeah ever. I'm afraid I hope they don't ever put advertisers on their platform because that's going to be annoying well not only is it annoying but 
it changes um the beauty of netflix yeah it changes uh the landscape of it because once you have advertisers involved in any programming and they're sponsored then you have to cater to those sponsors yeah 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 that mucky stuff that yeah yeah, that's true you may not be able to have the content you want as freely as you would like because you have to worry about losing Right, advertising. Absolutely. So, so that'll be yeah. So okay. yeah, but that's that, guys. All right. Um. So yeah, you feel the same way I do. I knew that was coming in true when I. <laughs> I mean, come on, Netflix. Yeah. Okay, let me just wrap this one up, guys. So, um, the change for Hulu will go into effect February twenty-sixth, um, for existing customers and for new subscribers, um. I'm sorry, February 26th for new subscribers and for existing customers, you guys will be switched over your next billing cycle. So that's coming real quick. Right. <laughs> real quick. Let's see the difference. Next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they are not playing. <laughs> um, so speaking of the streaming services and things like that, um, another premium subscription um, that uh, is current, well, is something that's currently available on Roku. So that we are currently talking about uh, platforms and things like that. So Roku, for those of you all who don't know, is a streaming service player that you hook up directly to your TV to access apps to watch internet streaming services such as YouTube, Twitch TV, as well as internet streaming packages like Sling TV and ESPN mm-hmm. and etc. Mm-hmm. So they just announced that they will be expanding their popular Roku channel to include premium content providers such as Star, Showtimes, and Epic. Okay. Um, and so they announced that um, Roku will also be available via Roku's mobile app, and this will arrive for ISOs and then expand the, expand to Android devices in mid-February. Okay. So that's kind of cool. So that's kind of what um, we've talked about before when I was saying content on the go, is mm-hmm. that people being able to watch their commuter content mm-hmm. um, while they're on the bus, while they're, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully not driving, but, you know, just commuting to work back and forth, they're able to watch content and stream it freely. And I think eventually um, public service transportation places will have Wi-Fi on there. Um, on their, you know, buses or on the train and things like that. I think it will eventually get there. It will, but I wouldn't trust it. Like, I don't know, girl. <laughs> no, I wouldn't trust it. I, I wouldn't trust it either. Future with it too, but I wouldn't trust. Nah, it. that's too. like going to Starbucks and using like yeah. the Wi-Fi. Uh-uh, I don't do that either. No, no. don't Mm-mm. trust it. <laughs> okay, but that is cool because yeah. Roku is one of those. Um, it's like having a Google Chromecast. It's yes, the equivalent it of that. Um. And to be honest, they did need to step up yeah, their they app did. provider. Mm-hmm. So, because okay. yeah, I was debating on whether getting that or the Google um, uh, Chrome Stick, but we went with the Google Chrome Stick. It was a better just device for us for the time being. But yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so I thought that was interesting. Um, okay, guys, next on the deck is um, Sundance just happened. So mm-hmm. um, they had a VR Explore America's that explored America's legacy of racism. So I thought this was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. So let me break this down for you guys. Um, where did my here we go all right during the sundance film festival which is a um program of the sundance um institution that takes place annually in park city utah um so roger ross williams revealed um his newly directed 360 degree film entitled traveling wild black the film explores just how difficult it is for african americans to travel through the united states during the jim crow and civil rights era so during this experience you are placed right inside a binge chili bowl 
um, in DC, which was a safe haven for black um, drivers in those days, um, and still is today. You know, we all still hang out in Bowl. Mm -hmm. And as you're sitting in the booth, you hear firsthand about how dangerous the bus rides can be for black travelers or, you know, just trying to do simple tasks like go visit family down south or go other places across the United States that just are cumbersome mm -hmm. for black people to do. Um, the film also places you face to face with Cortland Cox, the renowned civil rights leader, um, as well as Tamir Rice's mother, Samara, who recounts the memory she had um, that she has when she learned that her son was gunned down by police officers. Mm -hmm. So, um, <clears throat> So Williams and his co-director, Aia um, Nadara, uses three 360 degree video to in, in intriguing ways. For example, when you're sitting in the booth at Ben's Chili Bowl, which is a present day, um, the mirror beside you reflects how the problems we are facing today are directly connected to what came before us. Um, yeah, and this experience is currently available to watch if you own Oculus Rift on the go. Mm -hmm. Or if not, go to New York Times Op Docs page and that will redirect you to YouTube and you can watch it on their YouTube page also because I watched it last night. Mm -hmm. um, were you able to check it out, Brittany, at all? I did look at the YouTube page. How did, what did you think about it when you first saw it? Um, I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, since the emergence of VR, I've always been very interested to see how filmmakers and um corporate businesses were going to utilize this technology to tell to tell stories right. and provide right. content and I thought that this was a um a really unique way to do that mm -hmm. I do wish I could have um that would have been a little bit more interactive True. agreed agreed um, yeah but I, I still thought it was cool. Yeah. Um, and just another way of getting that particular story out, you mm -hmm. know, I thought it was very cool. Yeah, I, I thought I, <laughs> I was thinking so bad, like, oh, I wanted to work on this. Why did they call me? Because mm -hmm. <laughs> I would have been right down, you know, down in D.C. and helping out if I could. But I thought it was really amazing. I thought um, Tamara, Tamara Rice, um, uh, story when she was recounting that I almost cried because she was so emotional and that was such a powerful you know recount of what happened to her son and it was so tragic yeah it's just it's so tragic and just some of the quotes that came out of there were beautiful um and then just the the gentleman who was talking with his grandson and maybe maybe his others his son himself and he was recounting how his experience was mm -hmm. during the civil rights era traveling um down south and things like that the things that he's went he's gone through so i thought it was just really powerful and that yeah you definitely should go check it out um yeah. guys it's, it's traveling while black which is available at new york times op docs or on their YouTube page. Check it out. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and that's it for the industry rundown. Cool. All righty. Awesome. Innovative, creative, overall black excellence. It's time for the spotlight. Okay, you guys. It's the spotlight time. All right. Who do you have up then, Brittany? So today, we will be highlighting a Miss Joy McMillan. 
Joy McMillan is an editor. In fact, she is the first black woman to be nominated for an Oscar um, for best editing. It's a nomination that she shared with um, her co-editor, Nate Sanders. Um, But this nomination was for um, Moonlight. She teamed up again with Barry and Nate to edit If Bill Street Could Talk. And um, so she's, this is her second feature film moonlight was her first feature film and she got a best um editing nomination so that's pretty phenomenal um yeah it is they're not that many black editors period in the industry let alone black women editors Mm -hmm. you could probably count them on two hands um (laughs) the number (laughs) of black female editors um she went to school at florida state university with barry Jenkins mm. and um, you know forged a friendship forged a bond and, and worked on his first feature film and um, they'll continue to make good work together nice. um, so just for you guys who don't know an editor um, works very closely with the director and the cinematographer it's best to be that way it doesn't always work out like it that it doesn't <laughs> but it's best if they, they work very closely together work very closely <laughs> together with the director and the cinematographer on making um, the complete vision of the director mm-hmm. come to fruition on the screen. Um, so they take the dailies, which are um, the footage that's shot each day, right. and then they stream them together. Mm-hmm. And by stream, I mean um, cut and paste them together. Right. Um, and so in many ways, they are the eyes and the ears um, for the director, they know or they provide suggestions on where editing or music should be. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. They choose the best scenes to deliver the most emotional impact or mm-hmm. the great action scenes or whatever. You know, they are the ones who are really putting all those streaming shots together. Yeah. Um, for the producer to well, look at. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. it's such an integral part of any film process yeah um i thought at one point i wanted to be an editor but it's the most daunting it is tedious thing girl that you would ever have to do because it takes a long time Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of patience a lot of patience and um it's an isolated job it is it is um but if you do it correctly yeah, we well, can get good work. Like, out. like yeah. Joy has given us with um, Moonlight and um, if Bill Street could talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to give her big ups, fantastic, for continuing to be young, gifted, and black out here in these streets, Amazing. in Hollywood, and, um, <laughs> and editing. Uh, again, I was so excited to learn about her because yeah. you don't hear about women editors, period, let alone black yeah. women editors, and so. Um, and that's what I tell like young ladies when I go to visit them or we talk about the media industry. There are so many jobs mm-hmm. that you could do yeah. <clears throat> outside of being a quote unquote producer or director or whatever those big jobs you hear about. Or even actors. <clears throat> like, or actors, yeah. right. An editor, you know, is one of those jobs. And if you don't have anyone to show you or mm-hmm. you, you're not aware of what all these different roles are you would never explore them until you're into it but big ups to her editing is a big job it's it an important is. job it's a hard job in my opinion so um, but it pays well it, it, it does 
it, it pays well, um, especially if you are in the union. Oh, yeah. So, um, <laughs> Girl. get some checks, Joy. Yes. <laughs> and um, shout out to you for being our spotlight of the week. Congratulations, hon. Keep yeah. up the great work and we'll keep our eyes on you. Keep shining. For sure, for sure. <laughs> Again, how exciting! Woohoo! All okay, right. So, what we're talking about today? I know, Antoinette, you have something that you viewed. Yes, I did not view. Tell no. me all about it. Okay, so let's get you guys caught up. Okay, so we did tell you guys how Netflix was coming out with this new movie. Yeah, a movie that had an alternative ending, like how you can choose your own ending style. Okay. Um, so I watched it. It was Black uh, Mirror, Bandersnatch. Um, and okay so my thoughts on this okay are we talking about the the content or are we talking about having the alternative ending both okay okay. so let's so let me start let me let me think about where i should start first with this let's start with choosing your own ending okay that whole process Mm -hmm. so i would have to say first of all Remember, I don't know if you recall this, but I said, I wonder how they're going to integrate the viewing experience on the television from your iPad. Like how, how am I supposed to select my, um, my options on my iPad and it correlate to the television? I was curious how, as to how that happens. Uh, okay. Right. Okay. So come to find out you can't, <laughs> you can't, <laughs> you said it. <laughs> You said it here first. Yeah. So <laughs> I was wondering how they were going to make that work. So basically, unless you have um, the latest iPad or something or the latest device, like the latest PlayStation, I believe you can possibly go through your PlayStation and connect it, download the Netflix app on your PlayStation, then use your controller to do it. But from my experience, um, we had to sit on Corey's iPad, his new thing and um watch it and this is because you don't have a smart tv yeah maybe yeah maybe because you have to have a smart tv yeah we yeah yep yeah you have to right so we can't do that it doesn't work work at all and it gives you notification you cannot do this on this device it is not equipped to watch this movie so yeah so they give you warnings they tell you what you need to do or what what devices you need to have in order to do it but the process was grueling i believe we took about a good 15 minutes to figure out how to watch this movie seriously so that is before you start watching yeah yeah so that was grueling within itself so i found that just i didn't want to watch it now like i'm just exhausted i'm like let's just put something else on yeah so that's that interesting so with that and then the experience of having to choose your own ending like you get 30 seconds to choose your option so you have to pay attention and when you're watching a movie you want to relax and just enjoy the production or whatever it is that you're doing you know but you can't you got to stay into it and focused and pick an option of which way you want to go so i i didn't really like that it was a timer and if you didn't choose it they choose it for you (laughs) 
so <laughs> wow it was I really mean, intense what's up with the timer um yeah it's like a little ticker it's, so i would say it's like a, it's like a bar it's a blue bar and as the seconds wind down it just gets blue 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 blue, blue but i'm wondering done. what was the need for that well maybe to keep you going with the story moving along i don't know so you don't get stuck i don't know girl it was it was a lot and i didn't like it and so, so the other thing so the other part of it is that the story itself was stupid it was it was a very techie story it was about this guy who was in who was a gamer back in the 80s and he was um like building a, a a game up from you know ground up coding it and stuff it was very nerdy okay. and i'm a nerd myself but i'm not that not freaking that nerdy me. like it's i'm not that into it so the story itself was flat and i think that was a part of the problem also mm. is that in order for this new technology and storytelling to be you know merged together properly you had to have a fantastic storyteller and i think the people who did the story were more focused on the experience than it was the actual storytelling aspect of it. Okay. So what what type of story or genre even you think would be a good um, candidate to have alternative endings? Um, Off the break, horror movies. Yeah, I would say horror. If, it, if it's done properly, see, I've had a bad experience now. So if it's done <laughs> properly, sure. Because this was kind of like a horror kind of movie, in a sense. It was oh. like really creepy and okay. weird. But yeah, it just all depends. Like maybe Jordan Peele, maybe he'll do something like that. That'll be kind of yeah. dope. Oh my God. I could see oh him God. doing something with that. That's why I'm like, what would I want to see where I could do like an alternative ending? Now him, yeah, I would love to see what he, what his brain could do with that. Like yeah. I, I think you just have to have the right people mm. to do it. So I mean... They tested it out. I don't think it works. I think it'll be great for children animation and things like that for kids. Mm -hmm. Like they did the Puss in Boots. I didn't watch it, but I'm assuming that is something a great genre to do it on also. But um, I actually watched a, um, a documentary or no, a TED talk with Shonda Rhimes. And she was talking about VR experiences mm -hmm. and if she was interested in getting into it. And she just basically said no, because I don't know how to tell a story through that experience. Mm. And so I was like, oh, bingo, there it is. This woman who was a, who was a storyteller, who knows that, who knows what she's doing. She doesn't even know how to wrap her brain around it. She's interested in it, but I don't think it's there yet. Yeah, I mean, it's such a new. It's so new. It's a new piece of technology. And that's why I say as far as the VR, the, the um, Traveling Why Black was yeah. one of the most engaging um, VR experiences that I have ever had. I've seen several of them and to me, they're kind of whack. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So I haven't seen them executed in a way that would keep me engaged. Right, right. Um, and it's going to take a minute for somebody to really find a happy medium to mm -hmm. um, exploring this tech and then also Agreed. being a true, like, I don't want to say a true, but being a content creator no, and, that, and, no, and, making, absolutely. and making great content because that's, and story Because that's, that's important. Like, you cannot tell a great story. Like, that's the whole reason of content creation is telling a story. I understand the technology is a, an important aspect of it, that you're trying to merge them together. But if the story's not there and the content's not great, then who the hell cares about you choosing, you know, what ending you're going to go? What, what direction? Right. Like, who cares? Right, because, you know, even though creating your own content is, you could do quote unquote whatever you want to do there is a procedure and a structure right to it mm -hmm. that you 
kind of needs to adhere to yeah. in order for it to make sense. And you would think they would know that, but you know, but then again, I you know, it's just new, okay, so I'm gonna cut so, them some slack. So we should stream or skip? Oh, skip this! Don't okay. do it! Don't do it to yourself! Please don't. All right. Well. Thank you so much, Black Mirror, for for trying. You yeah, thank you for effort. for effort. Yes, definitely. Um, we will write your names down in the history of one of the first to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so um, let's talk about Amanda Seals' Abby Knowing, um, oh, yeah. her comedy special that aired on HBO a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. As you guys know, Amanda Seal is a comedian, a writer, um, dope black woman content creator. She's been out in the game for literal years um, from a child star on... um, what was the name of that show that she used to be on there? I used to watch. Uh, my my brother and me. My brother and me with Ralphie. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. My brother and me. And so she's had some longevity in this thing, and and um, even though she's been in the industry for a long time, it, it just seems to be like her moment. Yeah. Um, the spotlight is shining on her, and so she had a comedy special. I be knowing Mm -hmm. um, that correlates to her Instagram videos in which, you know, yeah. So that's one of her things that she says in her Instagram videos. She sings all these like different songs and all this stuff. And then that quote, catchphrase I be knowing is one of them right because oh, okay. you know she she knows what's be out here in these streets just like we be knowing we be knowing too exactly mm-hmm. and sometimes mm-hmm. when I, <laughs> sometimes when I when I see things and I'm like you know what it's when I already spoke about mm-hmm. this we already said it mm-hmm. it's gonna happen I be wanting to say I be knowing right okay anyway <laughs> about the special I really liked her comedy special. I thought it was um, funny and relatable. Um, she has a specific fan base. And the one thing that I like about Amanda is that she doesn't pander to those outside of that demographic. No, she like, really she's doesn't. not worried about trying to appease um, everyone. Mm-hmm. So her comedy is very much tailored to that group of people. Um and it's different because it's not like um, a punchline type of jokes uh, or she's not a punchline type of comedian, mm. I would say. But she's more about like um, recounting her experiences and telling stories in a funny way. Nice. And in a way that's not like um, dramatic or feels embellished. Like it feels like you're talking to your homegirl and she's telling you about this date she went on and some funny stuff happened and just because you know your homegirl is funny, she's thinking all these crazy wild thoughts that you would want to say in your head. You're saying in your head, but you don't say them out loud. Mm -hmm. Um, That's how I feel about Amanda. Um, She's super smart. Mm -hmm. That um, she is. Her comedy reflects that. And so I, I really enjoyed it. Great. To be honest with you, it was one of the com- more comedy specials that um, I've enjoyed in a while. Um, yeah, fantastic. That's so, great. Yeah, I missed it, guys. I'm sorry. I'm not able to comment. <laughs> um, I wanted to watch it, but I just um, didn't have the time to do it. But I'm going to watch because I got to support my girl Amanda. I love her. Yeah, and it was... Um, I don't know the total running time, but I felt like it was short. Oh, no. Um, 
Ooh. Well, maybe because I was so engaged, I wanted to hear more. Mm, maybe so. Um, yeah. But um, hopefully she'll have another one. I'm sure she will. She, you know, she's going on tour. She'll be in D.C. Um, is it comedy or is she doing her um other one? The she's doing um smart black and funny. Uh huh. I want to go see that. Yeah. Um. She's doing Smart Back and Funny, and then the next day at the Kennedy Center, she's doing I Be Knowing, which is oh, sold out already. Crap. But you can still get tickets to um, Smart Buddy, Smart, Funny, and Black, because mm. I purchased one. It was only $30. So. Okay. I need, I need to jump on that. And just to kind of correlate with what's going on with HBO is that, um, so Two Dope Queens will be back this month. Yes. They're coming back. Um for their special and also um robin Thied um is to star in Issa ray's uh black lady sketch show for hbo which is coming out a black lady sketch show. yes so i saw the promo well i guess it's not like the official promo but you have a promo well they have just like a a, a, a funny sketch of a promo Okay. Okay. It's on YouTube. It's on Issa Rae's um, platform. Issa I'm Rae presents, I believe. You yeah, watch that, and it's just funny. They're just talking about, "Hey guys, we got a show on HBO, and this is what it's going to be about." And then, and it's just, it's really funny. It's cute. Is it because I don't. I mean, I don't really think Robin Thede is funny. Oh, I see. I don't even know her. Okay. Uh, you know she had a brief show on HBO. Yeah, I mean, it HBO, was a BT. Okay, I thought that was her, but I wasn't for sure. So that's her. That's her. Got it. No. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now you rethinking some things. I mean, I'm right, interested right. in all. I don't think I've never seen anything bad that Issa has put her stamp on. So right. I'm I'm definitely going to give it a try. I'm just not a Robin Thede fan. So. Well, yeah, okay, so hopefully, well, Issa's producing it. She's executive producer for it. So hopefully, Issa will be infused in there. Maybe her with Issa's direction and her, you know, coaching, it will go into a great way. And it's not just her, it's other black women too who are, I guess, going to be in this. I'm just curious to see what this is going to look like. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't, I can't envision it. Like, I, I don't see, know. I'm like envisioning like a, bl- um, a black woman Chris Rock show. You remember when he had that on um, HBO, the Chris Rock show? Mm, why is this not ringing a bell? Oh my god! The Chris Rock Show. The Chris Rock Show. Mm-mm. Yes, Antoinette. <laughs> it was like a sketch show, like Dave Chappelle. Yes, but it was on HBO. Seriously, oh, girl, I yes, don't remember that. Back in the day, it was so funny with him and Wanda Sykes and um. Is it? that where Pootie Tang came from? Yes. Okay, but I, I still didn't see it, but I know where Pootie. Okay, got it. But I, I remember Pootie Tang. Yeah. But no, I don't remember this one. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm thinking in my head is gonna be like that kind of setup. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, at least they're getting more black comedians on HBO. Cause remember we said there was only like two people who had been on HBO before, which is two dope queens. And then before them, it was Wanda Sykes who had her own special and that was it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We talked about this. And so I'm glad to see that they're expanding the horizons and a little Mm -hmm. bit more, you know, women in color in there. Sprinkle, sprinkle. Yeah. 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 Let's appreciate it. All right. Well, those are for our comedian girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing that I viewed during our break that I wanted to talk about was If Bill Street Could Talk. Mm, um, yeah. Very beautiful film. Did you see it? No. And I'll explain when you finish talking about okay. yours. <laughs> so let's just give a synopsis about the movie. Um, 
If Bill Street Could Talk is about a woman in Harlem um, who embraces her pregnancy while she and her family struggle to prove her fiance's um, innocent of a crime. It's based off the book with the same title written by James Baldwin. Um, Barry Jenkins is the director, producer, screen adapter for this play, not play, for this movie. Mm -hmm. um, it features or stars Kiki Lane as Tish Rivers, she's our protagonist. Um, this is actually Kiki's very first screen debut. Mm, um, she's blowing up now, though. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. I'm just gonna get more into her later, but um, <laughs> Kiki Lane as um, Tish, mm -hmm. Stefan James as Alonzo Hunt, mm -hmm. and um, let's see, Stefan James. Where could you guys know him from? So he currently is on Amazon's um, Homecoming with Julia Roberts. Mm, okay. In which he received a Golden Globe nomination for his role in wow, that series. Nice. Um, he's young too. He's like 25. Um, oh, it's a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he was um, a young John Lewis in Selma. And then mm, he played okay. Jesse Owens in Race. So that's Stefan yeah, James. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So yeah, he plays Alonzo, which is Tish's lover. And then we have Regina King who play um plays Sharon Rivers, Tish's mom. Mm -hmm. And um currently Regina is Oscar nominated yes. for her role, Best Supporting Actress of in course. this film. Yes. She won the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actress mm -hmm. for If Bill Street Could Talk. Um And I heard that she wasn't in the film that, that much either. Right? She didn't have like no, but I'm gonna get into into that okay. because <laughs> in a good way because it's a nod to like the genius I think Barry Jenkins is. I just he's one of my favorite directors. I am totally captivated by everything he does. But anyway, other crew members or not crew members, other cast were um, Coleman Domingo, Tiana Parrish, uh, Michael Beach, Anjane Ellis. Brian Tyree Henry. So they had some really, 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 really great actors nice. in this particular film. Um, and for Kiki to, for this to be her first feature film, she did an absolutely phenomenal job. Great. Um, Amazing. Her and um, Stefan had great on-screen chemistry. Wow. Um, you really, the way that they looked at each other, um, you actually felt like there was real love between them. Wow. You know, it was, oh. it, it was absolutely beautiful the way that they portrayed their characters. Nice. Um, Fantastic. And Kiki is so gorgeous. Like her skin, shout out to the cinematographer, um, because her skin yeah, was saw literally yeah. like popping off the screen <laughs> like I was every time she was on the screen I was so like enthralled in her beauty I mean mm. just gorgeous beautiful black skin uh, I'm so jealous <laughs> of her skin it was just glowing, glowing and radiant yeah I saw the promos just did it for me I was like what the heck damn girl glowing. just oozing glow just glowing. Uh. I was just like <laughs> What like with my jaw open just looking at her like she is absolutely gorgeous. Wow. Um 
especially like they had these flashback scenes mm -hmm. and you could tell that they were flashback scenes because they were kind of lit very um romantic and magical oh. and you know all this great light and oh, i was just like oh man i wish i could be that glowing um, <laughs> <laughs> but i mean this movie is just pure art like oh yeah Mm -hmm. I mean, from the beginning to the end, I think, as I've already said, Barry Jenkins is a great director. And, um, you know, of course, he won best. Did he win best director for Moonlight? I don't think he did. But no, he, I don't um, think he did. Moonlight won best picture. Right. That's exactly. Yeah. That's Moonlight won best picture. Um, you know, we but the way he brings everything together from sound um like there was this one particular scene in which um tish and alonzo are like making love and then you hear the rain oh that's great on the roof i mean that's all fantastic. these like yeah little attention wow. to details that are you know that are descriptive in the book mm, that he made sure to, he, to you know what I'm to saying present and the, the, yeah making yeah. book adaptations are hard to do in the first place because so much of the character's thoughts and feelings if it's not done through narration which this film does have narration if it's not told through narration it has to be conveyed in other ways right, right. so um that's why like the sound the music um mm. the the lighting um camera direction even actor direction um he is able to weave all these together to talk about um, hard subjects, mm. uh, and even though this is a, a a love story between the two characters, it's also a um, a look into how black men are treated. Now, this movie it is a period piece, mm -hmm. so it takes place in like the seventies, um, but the timeline in the story of Alonzo is something that we see all too often still today and mm. I don't want to get into it because I want you guys to see the film right. and I don't want to yeah. ruin it for you the plot but um, so it's a hard subject matter but it still was b beautiful art um, and like okay so back to what you were saying about Regina yeah like I said, the cast of actors were already great, but to me, Regina and Brian Henry, um, Brian Tyree Henry, absolutely stole some of the most um, powerful scenes in that film. Brian mm. was probably in all of like 15 minutes of this whole entire film, oh. and I absolutely believe that he should be nominated for an Oscar mm. for what he did in that one scene. Wow. It's just such a beautiful scene anyway, but it's like you could tell it was done in one continuous shot because there are these pans Ooh, from character, pans. To, character yeah, to character. I love that. And then so much is conveyed in the facial expressions. Mm. So Brian, his character is recounting his time spent in jail for two years and what that did to his soul. Mm. You know? Yeah. He's recounting this to Alonzo. And you can see how his soul has changed 
and you can recount the pain mm. on his face. Wow. And then you can hear, you can see on Alonzo's face him feeling that same way without having experienced that yet. Wow. Because yeah. this is a flashback, mm-hmm. right? Beautiful. I mean, like I said, the pans from one person to another person, and even sometimes the camera was on Alonzo and he was just listening. So then you could hear. You can see his facial expressions. So you know that he's ingesting and right. thinking about himself right. and thinking about how black people are treated. And it, mm. Absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous scene. And fun fact, that is a scene that our beautiful Joy McMillan, our spotlight, she edited that scene. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, God. so, um, so much character development and growth was done just in what the actors were able to portray in their faces along a lot of tight shots mm-hmm. and you know I did see that in front of us yeah, yeah a, a lot, lot of, of tight shots and close up close ups and a director can choose to do that because you want to um engage with the character better right, right? isolate the background yeah so when you see guys the character up front and the background blurry that's kind of what we're talking about that kind of look where it's like dreamy mystical but the character stands out completely from anything right. else behind them because you're uh, you're you are focused to focus on that person right only. right intentional so you're paying attention more to their facial expressions mm-hmm. um and what they're saying, their eyes. And even though as a director, I may go into a scene and say, I want to do this all tight shots because this is how I think it'll be most powerful and most engaging. If your actors aren't giving you right, powerful performances, right. it yes, falls flat. It falls, yeah, it, it's such a, a, a delicate dance you have to do, guys, in it order is. to make something become real or into, uh, fruition I would say or yeah. to make something really happen and you have to have a, a lot of talent yeah and and you know it's a lot of work that goes into it but talent is you know it has to be there on, on every level <laughs> yeah yeah and so I think he pulled from a great um crop of actors who were able nice. to give him that um level of engagement that he was looking for in this film um I read somewhere that he that the James Baldwin estate is very hard to get approvals from. Mm. And um, that like That's good. all of his sisters, they're, they're very protective. All of his As sisters they should be. have to get approval. And we've seen and then, when it doesn't happen, what happens? <laughs> That's true. Mm? Um, the sisters have to get <laughs> approval and then another line has to get approval good. and all that stuff. Right. right. So he protect saying, his legacy mm-hmm. at all costs. Absolutely. He was saying that, um, Prior to the start of the production, uh, one of the executors for his uh, for the Baldwin estate, one of the sisters, gave him this notebook of handwritten notes wow. that James Baldwin had, you know, wrote on how he approached the um, the story if it was made into a film and what characters he would use. And oh, so he man. had all this wealth. Of- oh yeah, the blueprint. The blueprint, and so he was saying how much that helped him as well, and and he was reaffirming to confirm some of his, um, some of the ways he had crafted this story Mm -hmm. to correlate to what like James Baldwin would have would have wanted. So, um, 
Shout out to Barry and what he did. He pretty much used the same set of people that he used for Moonlight. Mm -hmm. Um, Same composers, editors, cinematographers. I mean, if it works, don't. it's working for him. Yeah, don't Um, break it. (laughs) It's working for him, and and, and I ain't mad at it. Not at Um, all. Yeah, so, again, I just love this film. And not just... not, Not so much for the story, for me. It was the art, like yeah, it's an it's an art, it's, it's art. art, it's art. It's like it's something like because when we were having a discussion about this, our producer Cecilia, we were talking about it, and we compared this similar, not not I wouldn't say the cinematography, like that, not that aspect, not the director, but um, what was it? Fences? How that was more of a theater piece, and it would transition mm-hmm. to a movie. So mm-hmm. it's more so it's a piece of artwork versus a movie, right? So you have to appreciate it for what it is. You can't go into it thinking that it's going to be wham bam and action. No. Chill out, have some wine, yes. sit back, relax, and enjoy it's art. the and it's, elements mm-hmm. that's coming. And there's so much stuff that you could take into this movie and feel a deep appreciation. That's good. For. That's um, great. And like I said, I felt the same like the same way I felt when I watched Moonlight. I felt when I was watching this mm. film. And that's only because, you know, it buried did it that's great so i can't wait to see more of his stuff yeah so absolutely so the reason why i wasn't so i bought my tickets mm-hmm. i bought my tickets i was going to go and then it was out of the theaters in the area that i was going to go in seriously seriously and this is what the the first week in january it was gone and i think the only theater that was playing it was uh some amc i think in alexandria or something like that yes so yeah See, it, yeah it had some funny release dates like didn't it have like a yeah at first it was supposed to be released thanksgiving right. and it was supposed to and then it got pushed back to christmas uh. christmas day and then i swear i was going i had i swear guys i bought my tickets and i was going to go and boom it was out of theaters already so i don't know what's going on with that and why they're doing that but yeah and i'm still trying to find a theater to go see it in because the tickets that i bought are specifically for regal theater so i can't go anywhere else oh. to see it so i have to find a regal theater so mm. i'll keep looking Mm. I'll keep searching. Well, <laughs> I did yeah, my job. I was trying to go. Go out and see it. So far in the box office, I think it's made like 11 and 12 million. Nice. Which is a good number. Which was the production? How much did they, the budget for it? I want to say they're probably about breaking even. Even right now? Okay. That's probably because the, the first of all, it was only released in select theaters to begin with. I already know that. Right. So that's already a problem within itself. But then also the fact that it's out of theaters in certain locations at a quick time because it wasn't even there for a whole month before they pulled it out of the theater near me. Right. Which is weird. It's very weird. Uh, I wonder. I, I don't know what's up with that. Yeah, I need to get some industry um, insight on that. Maybe that's a regal thing because it's still playing at AMC. Yeah. So maybe they had some type of um, deal with regal or some something. Some distro deal with them. Maybe. Maybe yeah. the air, man, you know. We'll get into that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, so um, that's all I have for spoiler alert, you guys. Make sure y'all see, um, make sure you don't see Bandersnatch. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Don't do <laughs> um, it. But do go watch um, Amanda Seals, I Be Knowing, yes. which I know is streaming on HBO, 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 HBO Go, <laughs> yes. HBO Now, mm-hmm. which are two different things. Yes. And um, also make sure you check out If Bill Street Could Talk, yes. which double check to see if it's your theaters like really guys it's ridiculous um, it should definitely be 
playing. It's a beautiful film. So Absolutely. check it out. Awesome. All right, guys. And I think that's going to wrap the show for today. All right. Yeah. So, um, as you guys know, also follow us on um, Instagram, Facebook, at Black and Behind the Scenes. Leave a comment. We always have, like, the breaking latest news on what's going on in the industry, what's happening, what deals are being made. So, definitely follow us and catch up with us. And also follow our personal pages. Brittany, where can they find you at? Uh, I am at Brittany Con 2TCONA. C-O-N. I was about to give you my whole last name. Just <laughs> at Brittany Con. <laughs> Yes, and you can find me on Instagram at Antoinette Tote, like the color. And until next time, guys, we'll see you. Peace out. Bye.